in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 14. And we're going to look at one verse, and that is going to be verse number 26. It says, And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. When we think about this statement, it doesn't seem possible that fear and confidence can be used in the same sentence. In fact, when we think of fear and confidence, we, they're really polar opposite. But today, the Bible tells us that when we are in the fear of the Lord, there is a strong confidence. Confidence means trust, refuge, an act of confiding, a state of confidence, security, hope. And our hope and our confidence is not in ourselves. It's not in what we can do and our abilities, but really it's a confidence in God. And I think that we can all agree that in our own selves, we don't have what we need to meet every situation in our life with the proper and right way. But God, He can meet our needs and He can show us the right way. And he can do things in our life that we can't. So today we're going to look at some aspects of fearing the Lord that bring confidence into our lives. Number one, seeing God for who he really is brings a strong confidence. If we have a view of God that is not correct, then we don't have that confidence that we need. And really, people have a view of God sometimes that is... That is not proper. Sometimes we view God really as if he can't meet our needs by the way that we live. Sometimes the way that we act, we feel like we can handle things, but God can't really. We may not say that out loud. We may not say that to somebody else. But the way that we live, the way that we respond to things, it shows that we believe that sometimes. Uh, in, in Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to give you an example of the Apostle Paul who had a strong confidence in the God that he served. And he gave this confidence to this church at Philippi, and he wanted them to know that God was able to meet their needs. In Philippians 4.19, Paul says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now this church here had been giving to Paul. They had been supporting him and helping him and meeting his needs. But at the same time, they had needs in their life. And they believed that God would have them to give to take care of this preacher. But at the same time, they had had things in their own life that they had need of that maybe they lacked. And Paul wanted them to know that God was able to supply all their need according to his riches. And isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? But the truth of the matter is, sometimes through fear of lack of things in our life, maybe fear that God can't take care of us, sometimes we're not obeying the Lord like we should. And, the, and, and God, He can take care of every one of your needs today. In this world that we live in, in this, in this time and place in our life, there's a lot of fear. There are people who are losing their jobs, people who are worried about what they're going to do for their next paycheck. And the question is, can we still give to God? Can we still serve God in the time like this? Is God able to take care of our needs? And I believe if we have the proper view of God, then yes, he can take care of our needs. Just like Paul said, it wasn't just true in the time when Paul wrote this letter to these, these believers, but it's true in our life today. Sometimes I think we fear if I give to God, if I serve God, if I, if I let God have this part of my life, 
How is it going to turn out? We let fear of, uh, of this world, fear of things of this world, sometimes come into our life, and it overcomes our fear of God. But I want to tell you today, God is, is not just this weak Lord that we serve, but He is the creator of this universe. He is the almighty, all-powerful God. And I want to tell you today that there is nothing that God cannot do for your life. If you fear the Lord and obey Him, God can come through for you like nobody else. Another example I think of in the scriptures is the example of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah had prayed that rain would not come upon the earth because of Ahab. And as he prayed and God had brought this, this really this curse upon the land, Elijah was trusting in God and he was by this brook and then the brook dried up. And God gave him a commandment to go down to Zarephath and to find this widow woman. In 1 Kings 17, 9, he's, God said to Elijah, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So God told Elijah, go down there and you're going to find this widow woman. And when you find her, she's going to take care of your needs because I've commanded her. So he meets this woman and this woman is, is getting ready to make her last meal. And Elijah asks that she would make him his meal first. And she explains to, her, to him her dire situation. She told him that this is going to be the last meal that her and her son would ever have. And that then it would be over. They would die. They would starve to death. They had nothing left. Elijah said something very interesting in verse number 13. He told the woman to fear not. Now imagine a time like this. If that were you or I, we would probably be afraid. And there are people out there who are afraid, who don't know where their next meal comes from, or who don't know what's going to happen. And I just want to encourage you today that if we obey God and trust God, He can do things in our life that we, we would never even be possible to do. On, it wouldn't be possible for us to do on our own. And God wants to do that for us. And there's a special confidence that the fear of the Lord gives us. And if we view God as this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise God who can do anything, and we place our fear and our trust in Him, He can do anything in our lives. Sometimes we have the tendency to focus on our fears. I don't know about you, but I, I definitely have this issue at times in my life. But the problem is, when I focus on the fear that I have of, of the outcome of what's going on around me, then it causes me to minimize my view of God. And I just want to tell you today that there is nothing that God cannot do for you in your life today. There is nothing that God cannot overcome for you today. We don't serve a God who is, who is limited. We serve a God who can do anything. In Revelation chapter 4, the Bible tells us that He is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. And that is very true. God is worthy. God is worthy today of our, of our devotion. He's worthy of our service. He's worthy of, of us giving Him what He deserves. And don't let times like this cause you to doubt God. Don't let times like this cause you to take your eyes off of who God is. So I just want to encourage you this morning that looking at God in the way that we should will bring strong confidence in our life. There are many things we can look at through the scriptures. God is a holy God. God is a God who should be feared and reverenced. 
And he's a God who can come through for us in our time of need. Secondly, I want to see that the many promises in his word of blessings to those who fear him bring strong confidence. There are a lot of cases in the Bible that show us that God can be trusted. In particular, there are a lot of things that it talks about how we fear God, how God will bless our lives. I want to tell you today that if you don't have a desire to obey the Lord, if you're not actively obeying his word and his direction for your life, then you really don't fear God like you should. We can't claim that we fear God when we constantly are just disobeying him. Let's look at a few verses. I'll read through them quickly. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. In Proverbs 14, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16, it says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Proverbs 19, 23, The fear of the Lord tended to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Proverbs 22, 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. What promises these are in the word of God for those who fear him? And there are many more that we could look at, but we don't have the time today. But I encourage you sometime on your own just to study over fearing God. And I think fearing God is more than just a respect. It really is. It's a sense of awe that we have for his greatness and his goodness. And God tells us if we fear him, that we are going to obey him, that we're going to follow his word. And as we do that, God promises in the life of those who put their fear in him for really for him to bless them in ways that, that we can't even imagine. He said right here, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure. Some people, they, they have their eyes and their focus on the things of this world, what they can gain. But God said, if you had little and you fear me, your life is going to be better off than, than had you had all these things that are, that are wonderful in your eyes. It's just all a matter of where our focus is. And God promises that he's going to bless us. So there is strong confidence in his word today. I just want to encourage you, don't just read these verses and think, yeah, this is nice, this is good, this is what God has given to some people. God has given this to you today. And don't just read it and say it's it's a pages on it's word on the pages, but read it and say, God has promised to me, and I want to I want to partake of these blessings. I want this to be a part of my life. And if you don't fear God like you should today, you can. You can change that. I was thinking and earlier how sometimes when we are driving and let's say we get pulled over for maybe speeding and as we are being talked to by the police officer and there's fear. I, I don't know if you've been there. I, I've been afraid before and as, as, as we get pulled over and, and we leave, whether you get a ticket or you don't get a ticket, there's a sense of fear in your life. And as you start driving away, for the first few days, maybe, you live with that fear thinking, is this going to happen again? And you watch what you're doing now. You're not going to speed or you're not going to blow through these stop signs or whatever it is. You have this fear. 
And that fear, though, it eventually goes away, doesn't it? You don't sit there every day when you drive and think, man, I'm going to get pulled over every day. That fear begins to fade away. And sometimes if we're not careful in our life as Christians, that fear that we have of God, it can begin to fade a little bit where we feel more comfortable. And then God can bring a time into our life where we get back to fearing him and, and we slowly drift away. I just want to encourage you today that you it's, it's our responsibility to fear God, that we're actively engaging ourselves in fearing the Lord. And one of the ways we do that is by our view of God. And then secondly, by getting into his word and seeing the promises of God. And then number three, I want to look at the special relationship we enjoy with him brings strong confidence. Back in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 26, And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Look at that second part of the verse. God promises a place of refuge. There's a special relationship that God's people enjoy, those that fear him and obey him. And that relationship is a God who is there for us in our time of need. No matter who you are, today you're going to go through times where you have need. And it's good to know that God is there with you. Not everybody can claim this. Not everybody can say that God is my refuge. God is there for me. It's those who really have put their trust and confidence in the Lord. Those who have decided that they're going to obey God no matter what. If we're living a life of disobedience, if we're, if we're not fearing Him and regarding His Word, then we don't really have that, that special blessing of, of running to God in our time of trouble because we have to make things right with God first. God is there for us. He wants to be there for us. I want to show you something in Proverbs. If, if you would, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm going to read a few verses here, starting in verse number 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the opening of the gates, in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So this is really how wisdom has given the opportunity, how God wants to work in people, how God wants to give people wisdom and knowledge and instruction and reproof, but none of them wanted it. Verse 23, turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God said, if you turn at my reproof, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you what you need. I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to make my words known unto you. Verse 24, because I have called and ye have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. God said, I am, I'm reaching out, but people are refusing. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Look at verse 26. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. So all these bad things are happening in their life. Fear has come upon them. Destruction's coming into their life. They're, they're, in, they're in a bad way here. Verse 28, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. They had had this, this opportunity to receive wisdom, instruction, but they had rejected that. And then when this time of trouble came into their life, they had nowhere to turn to. They had nowhere to run. Verse 29, for 
because of this, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Look at that. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They chose to do their own thing and go their own way. Verse 30, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. I think there's something very sobering right here in these verses. And maybe some people don't like this message, but I tell you what, God is a refuge to those who have put their faith in him, to those who fear him and obey him and follow his commands. And I want to encourage you during this time to not let fear really weaken your faith, but let it strengthen it. Strengthen your faith in God. Strengthen your, your devotion to God. And keep obeying the Lord. Don't let, don't let fear come in and rob you of the blessings that God wants to give you in your life. God is a place of refuge. That place of refuge is so, it's somewhere we can run in our time of trouble and hide in that place. And those who enjoy a relationship with the Lord, those who are obeying Him and following Him, they have that promise. They have that special place of refuge. And God can get us through anything, can't He? God doesn't worry like we worry. God doesn't look at what's going on and begin to be afraid because God is in control and God knows the future. And I just want to encourage you that don't don't let things that pop up in this world and these these problems that that everybody's facing right now, don't let them cause your faith to fail in the Lord. But I want you to fear God. Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. I want, you, I want us to teach our children. Teach your children to fear the Lord. Teach your children that God can be trusted in times like these. Don't let your children see you in a time like this as you've been obeying God and then bad times come and you let things begin to slip and you start to disobey because then they're going to see you really not fearing the Lord. They're going to think that your faith is weak or that maybe your God is weak. We want, we want our children to know that we serve a God who is strong and able but also the world around us. The world around us, they're in turmoil, and they don't, they don't have a place to run to like we do. And what a time it is to be a testimony. What a time it is to have a testimony that God is able to meet our needs, to show the world, to show our friends and, and those around us, show the, the people that you work with that we serve a God who is able and that we fear Him. Sometimes the world thinks we're foolish for fearing God and obeying Him. Sometimes when we live a certain way, they look at us like we, we're crazy. But I tell you what, in times like this, when they see a, a true believer who has a love and fear for God, make it through a time like this and to see the hand of God upon them, blessing them, that's an opportunity for us to be a testimony and a witness. And there's a lot of things today that we have that, that cause us to fear. So I want, us, I want to challenge you today. No matter what is, is, is coming our way, no matter what the future holds, God is worthy to be feared and God is worthy to be obeyed. Don't, don't let your fears cause you to turn from obeying his word. God's word is still relevant to us today. In closing, I want to think about David just for a minute. When he was on the run from Saul. When David was running from Saul and fleeing for his life, David had opportunities to end Saul's life on multiple occasions. And one of the things that just sticks with me as I read through it is David said that 
he would not raise up his hand against the Lord's anointed, meaning that God had anointed Saul as king. David could end all his troubles and problems by slaying Saul, but he felt and believed that it was not God's will, that God had called him to be the next king, but he wasn't going to do it his own way. He was going to, he feared God enough to say, Lord, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands, but I'm going to obey you and trust you. And that meant hiding out in caves and in places to, to avoid him. And, and, but, but David, yet he said, God, I, with his actions, he said, God, I trust you. And God is worthy to be trusted, to be feared. So as we live our lives, let's not live with the fear of this world. That's a thing that is real. That's a thing that's real in all of our lives. Let's cast away those fears. And let's view God in the way that he deserves to be viewed. Let's let, let's let God have his place in our life. Because he is he's worthy of it all. So I just want to leave that with you today. Hopefully it's an encouragement.